Today's Daily DVR Dives into Big Little Lies Season 2 is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Go to CuffLinks.com slash DVR so they know we sent you today and use code DVR20 to get 20% off your order. Do you have a wedding coming up? You know, fall weddings are beautiful. I love the fall. If you do, now is the perfect time to go to cufflinks.com. You could get everybody matching cufflinks, matching ties. You could get bags. You could get belts, socks, everything, tie clips, anything you need, you got it. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today and use code DVR20 to get 20% off your order. Now here's the show. Welcome to Daily DVR Does Big Little Lies Season 2. My name is Axel. My co-host, of course, is Jenny. You can find out more about us at DVRpodcast.com. And consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash DVR just today. I dropped an old film list where Miss Wendy and Anna were talking about freaks and geeks. So we got a lot of variety over on the Patreon. Today, we're going to be talking about season two, episode five of Big Little Lies. Last week, I said episode three by accident. It was episode four. Today, it's episode five. Kill me. Directed by Andrea Arnold, written by David E. Kelly. Send your feedback to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. We got two pieces of feedback today. Um, also want to remind you that DJ Tim Hines is giving out a Blu-ray set of season one of big little lies. So if you want to win that, give us an iTunes review and thank you lady Pris for your great iTunes review. We got four other reviews, but they did not, um, they didn't write it out. They just gave us some stars there, but we do appreciate it anyway. So whoever you are. Thank you very much. Also, our Veronica Mars feed is up. Me and Ken talking Veronica Mars. We just did season two. Check it out. Just search Veronica Mars. Okay, enough of that. Jenny, how you doing? I am doing good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, That was quite a weird episode. What an ending. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) When it ended... And, uh, and I'm, I'm more referencing Ed here. Uh-huh. Um, my wife looked over at me and she goes, what, what do you think that's about? Because she always thinks that I know the freaky sex stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, well, hon, I'll tell you what I think. And I want to start out right away by asking you cut to the chase here. What do you think that end was about? Why was um, the the play director, whose name I don't remember right now, why Joseph. was oh Joseph? Okay, why was he sitting over there? Charity made the little play in the grocery store earlier yeah. this season. Uh, you know, talking about she got her boobs done. Her husband <laughs> yeah. didn't like other men noticing her so much. Uh-huh. So I, I, I think she's just like you fucked up so i'm just gonna do what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna make you watch me but beyond that i i really can't um i got nothing that's that's exactly what i think is going on i think that it's like a cuckold situation she wants her husband to watch her have sex with ed Hmm. that's what i think this is all about because she immediately 
turned his cheating. It was about power, right? She mm-hmm. was yelling at him at the play. Then she came up and talked to Ed at the trivia night. And then in the beginning of the season, in the supermarket, And Mm -hmm. that when she said that, she said, why did she get her boobs done? She likes it, but also it makes her husband feel small when he sees other men looking at her. So I think this is what this whole game is about. And I think that's actually pretty interesting for this show, which is about like powerful women. And look at the men, Ed, Nathan, right? Even Mm -hmm. Bonnie's dad very quiet men the women are in control i think that it's a it's a cool way that the show is bringing up those themes and i wonder and i think actually i don't wonder i i kind of think ed would be down for it <laughs> i'm not sure what ed thinks honestly i can't i, I can't tell because the look on his face is like kind of like a, a what the fuck <laughs> Like, what are you doing? He's not pushing her away. No. So maybe he will, but. I think he's going to go for it. Come on. All this Honestly, stuff with Nathan. He just, he's like, seriously, like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's the look that he has on his face to me. But um, I could see it possibly happening. Yeah. I think he's totally the type. I totally. Th- I mean, look, all this stuff with Nathan and this like. And what that's what all that stuff I think between Nathan and Ed is about last season and then this season too. It's just like these masculinity plays, you know, like trying to prove I'm a man. No, I'm a man, even though they both know that. Is really, that what it is? Because you know, I asked that later. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? That's what I don't it is. understand what this is about because it's always so petty every yeah, it's single stupid. time, and it's like. Just because you see him on the street or at the park or wherever, (laughs) at the cafe, in the grocery store, wherever you see him, Nathan, you don't have to speak to him. It's a dude You could just nod. You could wave, whatever. You don't have to say words. It's totally a dude thing. I think it's totally a dude thing, you know, like, I mean, in that respect, I mean, I think that I think women are similar in that. You know, it just in the, in a similar way that we have women on the show that like peck at each other. But I think in their case, it's distinctly about, and the reason why it always rises to like this silly, uh, like we're going to fight each other, you know, it's going to get physical is because <laughs> yeah, they're stupid. both, they're both, uh, you know, they're both emasculated. They don't feel like they are men, you know what I mean? Or they un- they think that there is some definition of what a man is that they must be, really. And they're not fulfilling it, you know? Like Ed is saying with, with the whole conversation um, that he has later on where, uh, where with Madeline, where he's just like, you just kind of picked me off a list, you know? Like, I fit the mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. It's not that he's like, she's like, oh, God, I want you, you know? It's right. more like you would be good. You you check dependable. a box. Yes, you are dependable. And he wants that raw masculinity, right? He wants to feel like alive, like caveman shit. And I think that they're playing into this. I think Ed's going to go for it because I think it satisfies a lot of the things, the issues that he has with his wife. And everything. I think it's I think it's just really interesting that they're going in this direction. This show is crazy. 
I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pick up on that though, huh? I well, I mean, as far as for sure him him no. Well, but uh, that's what like, she wanted to do. That that's like yeah. what was going on. I yes. saw that right away. I was like, "Oh, this is what's going on." Because she looks. She wants over to take control. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not just that he sees. Oh, because she, yeah, she approached him in the in the grocery store too, and yeah, and yeah. No, uh, I mean, she you're... looks over at her husband. Oh yeah, yeah. She yeah, wants yeah. him to see. She's yes, like, oh. she does. She's like, well, this is what I've got planned for the evening, you know, if you're up for it, <laughs> you know, and I bet he, I think it's going to be hilarious because I really hope they do this scene and I think it will be hilarious because I think it will give Adam <laughs> Scott a chance to be really funny and be like, so do I, uh, what do I, do I put, does he just watch or like, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, touch him in not or, be the one. you know, I think that that will be hilarious. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we started off with the sexy stuff, Jenny. Let's get into the uh, <laughs> let's get into the rest of it. Um, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Pretty short. Oh wow, it was so short, and I was like so confused at the end because the montage was like the scenes were so quick, and I was like, "What did I just see?" <laughs> I was glad when I when I rewatched it. I was like, "Pause, pause, pause." It helped me put the scene together, but um, it was crazy. I mean, all the things are happening. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. A lot of things are happening. And I mean, Mary Louise is fully come out with what her plans are, perhaps. But there's hints here that that there's an even greater plan that she has. And the kind of manipulation that we're seeing here is pretty crazy. And even though we get one meeting with all of our women... Uh, it's not like they really come to any great conclusion or plan or are acting on it. So I think that Mary Louise is really kind of in the driver's seat here. And uh, they're, you know. I I think that Mary Louise um, has been playing both ends against the middle. Uh, she is in a win-win-win-win-win situation. Um, I don't know if that uh, guy really is the best lawyer in town. And if she conflicted out all the conflicted out all the other attorneys or not. Um, but she is taking Celeste to court to get custody of the boys. And they've given this settlement offer to do joint custody. And then she would get to have the boys every weekend. Uh, Matt or Celeste would um, have to go to uh, alcohol and substance abuse treatment and anger management classes and um, only have them through the week. And so she wins in that situation because she gets everything she wants as far as she gets to have her, her grandsons yeah. she, she, and she's forcing the things on Celeste that she thinks Celeste needs. And she's in control of that situation. And if um, Celeste goes ahead and takes her to court, um, she gets the benefit of having because the, the the one conversation where the scene where we have all the women together talking about it, you know um, it's, it would be, they, it would be perjury if they lie, but the, when they get Celeste up on the stand um, they can ask her anything they want. It's open yeah. and she's under oath. So uh, 
if if she takes it to trial, then Mary Louise still wins because it's probably going to wind up that something's going to come out and she's going to wind up with boys anyway. So she's got win-win there. She's working on getting, I don't know what with Jane, but like, I, you know, she's trying to get Ziggy too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, so, and then it's just everything. This, this episode was just so much. Yeah, there was a lot going on. And not only will she have the opportunity, so like what Renata says, this is a trick. And this has been used in politics. And I mean, this has been used on TV a lot, too. I think there was, uh, I think it was Goliath, the um, Billy Bob Thornton show on Amazon, which is actually pretty good. I watched good. that. Yeah, yeah I remember they, they, this was a plot point. No, I don't point. remember. I'm waiting for you to tell oh, me. Oh, okay. There was a plot <laughs> point where he does this, where he brings someone in for like discovery, right? And to be, a, they subpoena them under oath and the lawyer or the judge does not limit what they're allowed to talk about. And they bring up something else, which allows them to get to what they really want to get to, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. so this is what they're worried about is that not only will Celeste say something or potentially perjure herself because they all are even having trouble remembering what the original story was, right? And, Mm -hmm. And what, who should do what, and that. It could mean well. That they they could are all, all complicit. Be, all yes, of them are they complicit. Could all be That's what we've seen in their dream. Yeah. Their dream thingies. As we get the the the. That's how the, we opened um, again. Yeah. Yeah, where we could hear them talking again. Um. Celeste says it's her fault. Madeline says whatever. Renata says no. It was nobody's fault. So all of them so far. Except we haven't heard Jane say anything and we haven't heard Bonnie say anything. But those three women are all complicit. Well, I think Bonnie they, and Jane. I mean, as far long, as, you know. yes, they all like were um, saying it's they should lie. They were yeah. all saying they should lie. Yep. And so they'll, they may be brought in to be re interviewed again. And there's the question, and I said this to my wife. Was this Mary Louise's plan all along? Because we had that quick scene when she meets with uh, Quinlan, the detective, remember? Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, episode two. And she just says to her, well, we decided that, you know, we decided that there's nothing more to look into in that case. And she, and then she said to her, um, well, if there is, you know, they killed my, and then she said, well, if something comes up that makes us look at it and then we cut. So I think that mm-hmm. Mary Louise is basically just going for broke. It's like a, th- it's like a, you know, she's fighting like on two fronts where they're only just trying, they're only in a defensive posture. She's not only going after the kid, but she can, she wants the kids. So if she gets the kids, the twins and maybe Ziggy after then bully for her. She's happy, but it also opens up the opportunity for her to re-examine the death of her son, which is originally, if we remember what she spent the whole first two episodes saying, you killed my son, right? Like I don't Mm -hmm. believe you. So they're worried that they could all be re-interviewed. And I, this really, it did take a very interesting turn for me because it's cool too, because um, 
Celeste is a lawyer and it's like, she didn't see any she of didn't this see it coming. Yeah. No. She didn't see any of it coming. And not I need to know what kind of law she practiced. Did she uh, say that during season one, when she was going to work with Madeline for the city council or school, whatever it was thing with the puppets. No, but I'm, I get, she was a litigator though. I believe right, so. But I, I don't know what kind of law. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I mean, you still know. She's clearly has no idea about family yeah. law. Well, she's messed up. I mean, that's another thing we see here, too, is that even in the opening flashes, we see her having sex with another guy and, and, and marks on her elbows, mm-hmm. which, which indicated to me that she's still doing that. Mm-hmm. Didn't that? Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I, I, cause it, I don't think it was either of the other two guys. Yeah, that no, we, I didn't see a tattoo. I don't know. <laughs> well, the tattoo was on the first one. Yeah. It, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about cuckolding at that point. I didn't, I didn't freeze frame. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is really crazy that she's got them in this. She's ensnared them in this. And meanwhile, their lives are falling apart. All of them except for really um, Jane. And uh, I wonder if Jane is the only kind of strong one left, you know, that isn't distracted. Yeah, but I don't know. But but guess, but if Corey is undercover. Aha, there we go. If Corey is undercover and trying to get whatever the goods on them, (laughs) I don't know what you call it, trying to get information on them from the inside, Mm -hmm. uh, that's just going to fuck her up so so bad do you, do you think he could be a cop or do you yeah think, i do i think he could be a cop that's a lot I, that's just i see i don't know i could believe that he is giving information that like say he got um pulled over and he had i don't know prescription drugs or something in his car or you know or maybe he had trouble or got into a i don't know and then so he became like a c like a confidential informant and he was, they were just bringing him in to ask him some questions, but for him to be like a full fledged undercover, cause I saw some people tweeting about that a little bit online, but for him to be I like, I look a, at nothing before we uh, record. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at too much, but I see it anyway, you know, and I see some people like, is he a cop? And I said, I don't think he's a cop. I think he just might be an informant and it might not even be related that's why I keep on thinking that maybe it's, I don't know. I'm, I don't know, Jenny. I don't know where my theories are driving me. I think that either way, it's going to fuck Jane up if that is the ah, case. But okay. I think That's it would be point. worse if it were a cop because, but no, not necessarily because he's still like basically undercover going, playing with her emotions. I mean, cause I don't, I don't see that he would have done whatever that they forced him to be a CI uh, since he's been with Jane. Yeah. So I think he would have had to have been lying to yeah. her the whole time regardless. Uh, well, you bring up a great point that even if it has nothing to do with the death of Perry, it still um, resonates because it's something that Jane will find out about him that may make her distrust him. And he's mm-hmm. otherwise seemed to be like the most trustworthy dude ever invented. Mm-hmm. You know, like he can't help but tell the truth all the time, which right. I think she finds very comforting. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I do too. I love people like that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a fan, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just really interesting. I just, I don't know. I don't think he could be, I don't think he's a cop. I believe a CI. Yeah. And it's cool that they have that angle where it affects the relationship, but then she has to find out about it. So do you think that Bonnie is going to tell anybody about it? Cause how is she going to explain? Oh, I was just walking in front of the cop station or she's no good at lying. So when, when she was, she was at that police station before this yes. season. Yep. So is that what made you think maybe she had talked to the police? Yes. I, okay. that's, that was, yeah, it was like two episodes ago. I think that was episode three, maybe. Um, I think it might have even been before that. Oh, okay. that she. But I, the, I, you mentioned it. Maybe I just remember the shot three, because I'm. I kidding. remember it too. But yeah. um, anyway, either, either neither here nor there. Um, she had been there before, and now because of the whole visions thing and blah blah blah, and the fact that she was at the hospital and had been at the hospital and had been apparently, I think when she was doing that with her mom's hand, that's how she would. Uh, help herself to get the visions or whatever that her mom was seeing. And um, I, uh, I think that she was seeing what she saw that her mother said, kill me. And she, when she left from there, she was on a mission. So she went to the police station for a reason. And was that reason because she knew there was something there that she needed to see. So, oh, you're going to metaphysical route with this one. Okay. I mean, well, because she she had like tried to get the visions from her mom earlier when she was giving her the little sponge oh, bath. Yeah. And then she held her hand close to her face and it was like she was smelling it or kissing it, but not quite. She wasn't kissing it, but regardless, um, she did that again. And then she like got up with a purpose and left and she was driving determinedly. Mm-hmm. And then she saw the men walking in the parking lot. She kept going. And then she saw the two people walking down the stairs and she had this look of confusion on her face. And so I think she was shocked that it was Corey. And I think that I really do think that that's why she went there because of the vision from her mother. So I don't know if that's why she went to the police station in the earlier episode when she was running, but, um, that's why, that's what I think happened. That's fascinating, Jenny. I and so, yes, I think, that. so yes, I think that she is going to tell them that she saw Corey there. She'll probably call a meeting of the five. Interesting. Okay. I had not seen that connection, but now that you illuminate it, it's totally there. And there is kind of a, there is a, she is very in touch with that in this episode, isn't she like every time she's touched or touches someone, her dad, her mom, really most of her scenes are with her dad and her mom, right? In this mm-hmm. episode, especially her dad, that's really the focus of her character, this episode. Um, and to, it did, it does make sense now that you say it, that she was almost leaning into that, mm-hmm. you know? And after the dad explains the vision to her, that, you know, you're drowning. You're right. It's like her interest was peaked. Yes. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. I, I, it did, it, maybe it threw me cause I had, I had a film thought, which is I guarantee this was shot the same night as the other shot. When, mm-hmm. you know, it's like pickup, you got to, if you're, um, 
you try to shoot by location. And mm-hmm. if you can get that location like that, because it was it, the light was so natural and beautiful. And they have just been doing amazing things with shooting with natural light in this uh, season so far. It's just fantastic. And if you pay notice to that, sometimes it could be harder to tell, but mixed with the handheld, they did that a lot uh, with the ending, um, uh, whatchamacallit, trivia night last year with all the shadows and lights and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But this season, they're just doing it really subtle. And that's really some nice, nice night shots there in front there. But wow, I hadn't thought about that. All right, that's cool. Well, all right, let's... Uh, Let's kind of go through some of the things we had talked that about. We haven't, that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, I know. So we talked about a lot. I like it. We've um, been all over the place, but yeah. Oh, so we have the initial meeting with the judges, attorneys, Celeste, Mary Louise, and we, we kind of talked about that. But you had some notes about like what she really is having problems with this attorney. And it's hard for me to tell whether or not this is a bad attorney. Maybe she's right. Maybe it, it just seems to me anytime you're in front of a judge, the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. Like, I feel like Mary Louise made it worse for herself. Oh, in that first meeting. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And when her attorney told her afterwards, you know, that Mary Louise was digging herself in with acting like that, yeah. I agreed. Like her, the first scene, I was, I, I, I was, I could see where she was coming from. It made sense. But I, like I, I had said, I, I feel Celeste's pain there too, because it has to be extremely difficult to sit there and listen silently when, when you've got your former mother-in-law just talking about your character and your um, ability to raise your children and things like that. And just, uh, it's, it's terrible. Um, but the attorney seemed all right at that point to me but in the in the later scene when they go for the mediation or i believe it's a mediation i didn't see an actual mediator but they went to talk out you know possible plans yeah the the um her, her attorney Settlement. said nothing she said nothing um I just was like, I, I agreed with, with Celeste there that like, you should be saying something or saying, you know, counter offer, you know, whatever, like you should have a plan. Why don't you have a plan? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. But I guess what I felt is that the attorney, her strategy and Renata kind of explained it later is to just kind of listen, right? Like, they, they do better that way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, unfortunately, when she said to Celeste, you probably should take this. This might be the best thing you get. Like basically weekends with grandma and you go into these programs, which I mean, quite honestly, let's be – it seems like she needs those pro- – if she's not being drugged any longer by Mary Louise, if that's not what's happening or what happened mm-hmm. – then she does have some issues here. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, I like, I don't want to come out again. That's, that's why I like the show puts you in a hard position. Like we've seen what Celeste has been through. We, we mm-hmm. see what she seems to be a, a good woman, right? A good person, but she does have a problem right now. It doesn't mean that they take the kids away, but she no. should be getting some help. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I kind of feel torn. Um, I, 
I think that they could have come up with some kind of better offer, by the way, because like who wants to never have their kids on the weekends? I mean, yeah, you know, of when course, they're because uh, they're at school through the week and everything and you want to be able to like do things with them. Yeah, so but you're the t- system is against her. That's what the, the right. You know, I mean, but they could like I said, they, why? Why did her attorney not have something comp- prepared to to counter or even just talk mm-hmm. it through? Like, why would you not aggressive? They're not in front of a judge there. It's yeah. a meeting with the attorneys and the clients okay. like. The attorneys can talk to each other and offer like one offers this, then you do a counter offer and that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I don't know. I haven't really been in that situation ever. Um, I I don't know much about being like with lawyer. I only know it from TV. Um, (laughs) The only lawyer I know is Heath Solo. And that's just because he played a mobster who had a lawyer. Uh, That's the closest I come. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, I don't, but it just seemed well, to me that custody type things can get ugly. Yeah, and that's why it just even seemed, even in that situation know. though, like when when I got divorced, uh, me and my husband and our attorneys couldn't do it in the same room. But my attorney would go talk to him and his attorney, <laughs> and she would oh, come back okay. and she would talk to me. I mean, so that that is how they do it. But okay. like you you can do it in separate rooms and you can do, you counter offer things. You don't just have to accept Sit the first there. thing they offer you. Yeah. Well, you, you had a theory that maybe she was like paid off the attorney. I wondered because like at first she didn't seem too terrible, but then after uh, <laughs> the second one, when she, I was like, well, maybe she is terrible. See, that's what I, that's why I'm mentioning it because normally if something like this happened in the show, I wouldn't really even pay that much attention to it. Like, oh, she has a bad lawyer. But they mention it so many times and she mm-hmm. has that whole conversation with Renata and it just made me think like, wait a second, like they're trying to tell us something here and maybe also what they're trying to tell us is like, Celeste, you're a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like- they're not like, maybe it's kind of a, a hint to us thematically, like look at what's happening here, even a clue towards Mary Louise doing the whole, like uh, doing the whole kind of back channel way to get to reopen the case on Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's why they're keep on mentioning it in the show. But I guess you're right. The lawyer is not at all, um, not at all aggressive and doesn't really do much for her. And that's kind of how we, we have like a couple scenes with her and the lawyer. And ultimately she's just fl- frustrated and her back is up against the wall. She doesn't feel like she has much support. Uh, or any options or any other options. than to take yeah. it to court. And it's interesting too, because it shows you like you see Celeste as like, and all these women as like very wealthy white women living in this beautiful Monterey, California, this almost fantasy land, right? Where the public school is like a private school even, <laughs> you know? And the, and she got bested by this woman with money and or connections or had a better plan than her, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like all of these things didn't benefit her. She's and and she's kind of and also of, after all of the things that she went through with Perry, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> now of course. she has to fight his mother. Yeah, that I mean that is like the undercurrent here that can piss you off at any time. 
You know what I mean? Like whenever there's a scene with Mary Louise, I'm instantly pissed off. <laughs> instantly. She just appears on the screen and I'm like, gee, I can't even with you. Like the way <laughs> you talk. me too. You know? <laughs> what did you, maybe you seduced him like from last episode. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God. She's All right. Um, so let's talk extra. a little bit about uh, Madeline and Ed. Uh, yeah. Um, this is, we have two car scenes and then a scene at the retreat. Actually, I think it's like two scenes at the retreat, one longer than the other one. Uh, and I didn't really understand that they drive to it and then they have the retreat and then they drive somewhere else and then they go back to the retreat. I didn't know whether it was like, I didn't think they went back to the retreat. Okay, maybe I saw... I, I don't know. I got confused for a second because I thought that there was two driving... <laughs> I think they were driving to the retreat, then the retreat, then, then driving, driving from the retreat. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which I thought retreats were usually like a weekend thing. Yeah, and they only I showed us that one really super weird scene with the hugging. I feel... <laughs> you know what I feel like with this episode? And I this is outside of the confines of the story, but... At only 44 minutes and some of the upper other episodes, I feel like they trim these. I feel like maybe they went in and made them a little bit or like as the season was progressing or something, or they made a decision to, to kind of have an economy of scenes because didn't it seem to you that this retreat would have been great for at least like maybe a couple of funny scenes, more funny, yeah. you know, like. You know, sprinkle it in there. Especially if it was like that one scene they did have there. That was so weird. Yeah, like we could have gotten a couple other ones, right? That was so funny how Ed was just like not hugging anyone. Like he's <laughs> yeah. standing off in the corner with his, and his, his, he had like fists, you know, like he's like a little kid. Like he was like. Yeah, yeah. his arms crossed. Yeah, like he was yeah. making a protective shield around Very himself closed, by clenching. Closed body. <laughs> yeah. The more he clenched his fist, the stronger the shield was. Um, <laughs> but th- this was all uh, like really just a waste of time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're ma- this marriage, it really comes down to the kind of the last talk they have there, mm-hmm. which was pretty uh, – what did you think about that? I mean, I think that he, from what we've seen on the show, it seems to me that Ed was correct. Yeah, yeah, he definitely was. I um, I feel like he finally at least was honest, which yeah. was good. It yep. needed to be, and he didn't do it in a horribly mean way. He, yeah. You could tell he was still angry, but it was not as insulting and, and mean as true, he had been true. being still a little prickish and sarcastic, but he yeah. was, you know, it was, hurt. but, and I think that she appreciated it. Uh, it's, she was trying to be honest too then. And it was a nice scene, but I don't think it, well, it didn't, it didn't resolve anything. <laughs> no, and it's, it's not resolved yet, but at least they had that. That's a baby step. It's an, it's an interesting thing though, because they're still both so like he accuses her of being in the extreme, but he's being in the extreme too, because this idea that her love to Nathan was some romantic fairy tale is obviously not true. You know, like maybe it was a little, maybe they had a different kind of connection, but I think Ed is really negating like real, you know, like he's being a little childish. I feel too. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is that so wrong that 
Madeline would do that? Uh, what did what did she say? So well, she well, that, said that he was she was making like a checklist that he's not like yeah, yeah. you know he's not her knight in shining armor, but he's a great friend and lover and partner, and that's the kind of relationship they have. Yeah, and I think it was in her scene with um, Abigail later that she says it, but she might have said it. She said something about her marriage to Nathan having been for lust, and so she felt like she couldn't go into this one that way and that he was right. Yeah, so even she agrees that he was right. Yeah, and because I kind of feel like it was – it's he who became – he's like accusing her like, and then you made a different decision and you were unfaithful to me, you know? But it kind of seems like he was not exactly the greatest husband to be get like you know what I mean. So I, well, I don't he, know. he it sounds like he had accepted um, the lack of passion and saw it for what it was. Like she wants this is what she wants. This is what I'm going to give her, and he stopped yeah. trying because he saw that she didn't feel that way for him, and so then she felt the need to go find that lust whatever fulfilling whatever somewhere else and um yeah he, he didn't, was betrayed we, by that well we had it we this is one of our emails here from sam um okay madeline's husband refuses to take ed any responsibility for being an emotionally absent spouse he's more like a corpse than a husband Honestly, I think he's re- he resented her long before she had the affair. In this episode, we saw Madeline walk away from him several times. I think this is foreshadowing. As soon as he is ready to save the marriage, he will find that she has emotionally moved on. I think Madeline will leave him in the end. Huh. I think that that is um, a good theory. Yeah, I do too. I agree. This is what I agree with. I think that he made that decision. And I don't know for sure if that's going to happen, but I I could yeah. definitely see that. I think, but I think this is a pretty accurate the way that I feel about their relationship. Like, mm-hmm. even if he's right and she went a checklist, she still chose him, and people come together in different ways. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he couldn't liven it up a little bit. It doesn't mean <laughs> that he couldn't try to spice it up. But instead, he just sat around like Mopey Moperson. Going, I'm not the big, strong Nathan guy, handsome guy, you know? Like, it's like, get a That's life. That's why dude. he doesn't like, like Nathan, because he's jealous. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, they're getting their machismo on, you know? Like, Nathan's more of a man. Why? Because he's a handsome and has a deeper voice. It doesn't <laughs> look like he plays Dungeons and Dragons all day. Like, <laughs> sorry, buddy. You know, like, there's a lot of different kind of men out there, Ed. Um, all right, enough of that. But uh, that was some good. Thank you for the uh, uh, email there, Sam, because I agree with you. Um, there is a nice scene, though, with Ed when Chloe appears and just hugs him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he tells her to be all right or something like that and keeps hugging her and gives her a snack. Because we forget that it's about the kids, you know, they're not doing as much. I like that we get kids stuff in this episode, returning us kind of back to the family a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. um, as we were talking about last episode, everyone's in flux and we don't get a lot of those family scenes. My wife said that to me during the episode. She's like, you know, honey, they don't there. You never see them all hanging out in the kitchen anymore with the whole family. Right. It's like, well, Renata doesn't even have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like literally they're, they're losing 
that that home. It's a big theme here. Um, let's see. We got a nice conversation with Celeste and Renata about the hearing where Renata makes the crazy choice that she's going to talk to Mary Louise. <laughs> what was that all about? That was so dumb. Just trying to take control of something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's how I saw it. I thought this was a little weird. And and let's talk about when she actually does get to talk to her. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this scene between um, Celeste, I, I mean, between Renata and Mary Louise Mary Louise <laughs> breaks her down in like 15 seconds. <laughs> like flat. Yeah. Oh, man. That was tough. I was like, I know. She's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, it's nice to be invited over to <laughs> the team. Don't you normally then, have furniture in a house? <laughs> Where's your furniture? <laughs> this big, lovely house, no furniture. Oh, my God. She she's is so ridiculous. She so is winning the Emmy. There's just no, I mean, I can't. I can't even, you know, we, um, on a uh, daily DVR, we did daily DVR drive in and we, Brett and I talked about adaptation mm-hmm. and I just said at one point, I just, I can't say how great Meryl Streep is anymore. Like you just, I mean, she's incredible, you know, like you can't, every episode, we should just start the episode by saying, okay, we know Meryl Streep is on this show. She's awesome. Like every <laughs> scene with her is incredible. It is, but yes, like you said before, she walks into the scene and you just feel angry. <laughs> Taking a little break here from Jenny and I to remind you to go to cufflinks.com, baby. That's right. It's cufflinks.com slash DVR. One day I'm just going to do a whole show that is me singing cufflinks.com different ways because I love singing cufflinks.com. I don't know why. 20th anniversary sale is on, baby. 20% off site-wide sale code, Cufflinks20. Use code Cufflinks20 to get 20% off site-wide sale. You heard it here first, baby. That's right, cufflinks.com slash DVR. Go there today. And you know what's coming up in July a little bit later? Because I know we got a lot of Harry Potter fans. 20% off Harry Potter. But that doesn't happen until July 26th. So you got to wait. But right now, use the code CUFFLINKS20, 20% off, site-wide sale. CUFFLINKS.com slash DVR today. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Renata and Gordon. And they had a couple of scenes here where they're like, should we find out um, when Celeste and Renata are talking that the whole magazine thing is off? Yes. And then... Um, uh, Gordon seems resigned to it, and and also he kind of yeah, says, says it might be a good thing, yeah. yeah. Which you know, and uh, which Pissed her off, <laughs> pissed, yeah, obviously. Gordon is totally. I mean, he's doesn't really have much to do this episode, really this season. He just is. He kind of just represents Renata's downfall at this point. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't really have much to do. Um, uh-uh. We get a quick scene with Renata and Amabella, and that was kind of mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, she's like, well, since the boys aren't going to school, I figured we could have a fun day, too. And Amabella's like, is it because we're broke? <laughs> <laughs> and as they're in like a vacant kitchen, they don't even have silverware anymore. But I thought that yeah. was beautiful that. 
It was a sweet scene. And they get, you know, again, like returning to the family, like remembering what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And there was the scene with um, with Bonnie and Skye. And Sky. You're right. They all had little yeah. lovey scenes and Celeste and the boys in yeah. the bed and Jane and Ziggy in the bed. All of them had little cuddly scenes with their kids. Well, that's I mean, that makes perfect sense. The, the, right. Like the main conflict now here is a, is someone trying to take a mother from her children. Right. Her children from their mother. And mm-hmm. I think that we see that. When this season started, um, it seemed as if all of the women were in a in a way almost maybe not Jane, but or maybe too comfortable, right? And, and kind of falling back into just the fear of finding out what happened with Perry and not really taking care of their homes, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and not re- and like they seem to have try to forward their own lives, but not their home lives. And now they're kind of coming back to it. And I think that, yeah, we had little, like little beautiful scenes here with the children kind of coming to the parent, you know? Yeah. And earlier this season, they, um, they had, uh, everybody was, uh, well, they were all annoyed with their kids. There was the scene with yep, Celeste yep. Uh, when she had to, because the boys were fighting and she wound up shoving the one onto the floor. And um, I feel like Jane was mad at Ziggy for something at some point, though her mad is never that big a deal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Madeline was irritated with Chloe because um, she told the boys all the stuff and you know like so now we're coming back around and uh like this is what's important and uh they need to figure it out for the kids because this is not this is not going well none of it no not at all it is uh that's that's putting it uh that's putting it mildly (laughs) right um so we got a fight with the boys. Uh, the twins come to Ziggy's defense and they end mm-hmm. up, which which is kind of a crazy little scene. Hard to shoot that stuff with kids, but they did mm-hmm. it. They, it came off pretty well. You really got the feeling of like that Ziggy was feeling bullied and then you got the reversal. Um, and I thought that was shot really well. And all four boys will be suspended um, just bringing up the violence again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, Ziggy was just doing nothing to defend himself and, and they, they wanted to defend him and that was good. But then the way in which they did it was very bad. Yeah. Little, little, little overdid it there. Right. Always mm-hmm. extremes. Mm-hmm. Reminds you that Billy, remember that Billy Joel song? Mm. I don't know why I always go to extremes. Remember that? No, I don't. Oh, I was gonna see if this. You know what? Come on, Jenny, you got to sing a little with me. I was trying to prompt you. I, I no, I. I mean, I might know it if I heard it, but oh, okay. I can't think of it off the top. No, All right. sorry. I'm not gonna sing it. I'll get solo to sing it. <laughs> Jenny doesn't want to sing with me. Um, sorry, I'm just playing. But that was again more of the vibe. It's like all the men in this show got a beat up on each other right mm-hmm. have to be fighting always have to be hitting yeah um but it results in kind of jane and ziggy and celeste and the boys both having separate conversations uh 
and mm-hmm. Ziggy fearing because it comes out that it's all about um, Perry being called a rapist, mm-hmm. which for all intents and purposes, Jane has already admitted to Ziggy. Yeah. So, um, you know, and he's worried that he's going to become like him, which is what basically she worried about the entire first season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, When I was uh, glancing over the notes for this section, it reminded me of something else that we haven't talked about yet, but that happened repeatedly with all like, at least three of the five women. They they had so many scenes driving over that bridge. Yes. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, Jane and and Celeste and Bonnie for sure. And I can't remember if we, I don't think we, we didn't have any driving scenes with Renata. And I don't think we saw Madeline go over the bridge this episode, but we saw the bridge a lot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And there was a one scene before they meet where it looks like there's like three of them on the bridge at the same time. (laughs) All going, which is like, you could just imagine they just set a camera there. And there was mm-hmm. like, come on. Oh, that's perfect. Put that in. You know, <laughs> there's no way they were like, let's have them all drive over. I don't think that they were trying to actually make it look like that, but it kind of gave that impression. It was an interesting yeah. shot. Uh, Cause that's interesting as an editor, you make those decisions. Like this is a little, is this a little bit too much? You know what I mean? Like that they'd all be following each other over, but it really, it's just multiple cars when normally we see one which I Mm -hmm. think was just giving us a hint of what's to come. It's like a visual cue rather than actually that was supposed to be their cars. Maybe I'm getting too into it, but I found that to be interesting. (laughs) Uh, Because as an editor, I would make a decision like that. And I'd be like, "Uh, if they're a little separate, what does it say to the viewer? Like you really think about that stuff when you're editing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, and uh, just shout out to my wife, Perry, who thinks someone's going to go off that bridge. Yes. Still think it's true. A lot of bridge I still shots. think it's a good possibility. And it's always the same exact angle. Same exact angle. It's o- it's always like a kind of catty corner, like over to the left that mm. you see the bridge. That's always how mm-hmm. it is. It's always coming from that direction for some reason. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. People who live there maybe could even know where that bridge is or something. Um, but we have the conversation with Ziggy and Jane. And like we talked about, where he's like, is my father a rapist? That mm-hmm. was pretty rough. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? What would I mean, what do you say to him? Well, he didn't he he didn't ask if his father was a rapist. They had already, like you said, they had already talked about that. He just finally admitted to her that the boy oh. had said that he was a rapist. But then the you know, she later on tells him that he's going to have breakfast with the twins in the morning, that she's getting off work early, which was a lie. And that they, along with Celeste and the boys are going to go kayaking and tells him that this is not a, a reward for bad behavior. But I think like, I think it was probably because it kind of was a reward for bad behavior because, um, the boys were all sticking up for one another and they had a reason and the boy is a bully and, but it wasn't a real, they don't, they want them to know that they can't, you know, do that. That's not how we handle things. But also like, dude, it is good to stick up for your family and things like that. But anyway, 
uh, at the end, he's asking her if he's going to grow up to be like Perry or uh, to be like him. And she asks if he means Corey, cause they had been just talking about Corey and, and he says, no, like his father. And she tells him he won't. And I mean, well, what else is she going to say? Yes. You're going to turn out to be just like him. <laughs> you, ha- you may have a genetic predisposition to this, but it depends on who you read. You know, I mean, the Atlantic just had a very interesting article I read on my iPad. I like the way she was like, give me the iPad, because that's like me with my son Mm -hmm. and anybody who has a kid who grew up with these freaking things, which thankfully he's off the iPad now. Um, It just was like dying. And we were like, guess what? It's not getting replaced. Say goodbye. So it like gave him (laughs) a chance to to kind of wean off of it. And now there's Uh no more, no more iPad. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought that that whole, that was tough. You're right. What is she going to say? What's she going to mm-hmm. say to him? You mm-hmm. know, she, she has to say that, but again, maybe it was right then that he knew already. Maybe that made him my, my initial reaction. Remember when she told him was, I thought it was a terrible decision on her part, though. I try not to judge other parents. I do anyway, cause I'm human. And uh, I guess maybe she was right because now when he finds out, he can trust his mom. You know, he could say, well, mm-hmm. my mom already told me that she trusted me enough to let me know that that was true, that what happened between my father and my mother was not, was violent, not good, you know, not consensual. However, he would, I'm trying to think how a kid would say it, but it was right. not good. And um, now these other people know it. But my mom told me the truth and now I can trust her. And when she tells me, no, you're not going to be like him. It was just something he did. That's his choice. I can trust her on that too. So I actually think that this, in all the terrible things that are happening on this show, I think this was handled really well. I agree. You know? So I think she's doing a great job. I mean, I still think she should be in therapy. But she's mm-hmm. she's doing a pretty good job here. You got to hand it to her. Um, and it was interesting the way Corey played into it. That's so normal, though. You know, I, when you're a kid, you think. Mm-hmm. I, my parents were divorced. And I, anytime I saw my mom talk to somebody, I'd be like, is that my new dad? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just as a joke. You know what I mean? I can remember my yeah. brother and sister and I would say that all the time. Uh, just a uh, toy with my mama. Um, Shame on you. Yeah, well, come on. You got to be a mean little kid. I had red hair. You got to be evil. <laughs> Chucky. Um, what do you think Chucky has red hair for? Um, what do you think then uh, Celeste has a convo with the boys at the table and Max ends up calling her a bitch, right? Oh, yeah. And that was not good. And she is just that, – that she did not handle that well. <laughs> On the other hand, unfortunately – she just starts crying and like mm-hmm. really not like almost dissociating, you know, it just, you know, it just didn't seem right to me. She was like yeah. kind of holding him and like shaking. She, she reacted poorly in that she yelled and everything. And then she was trying to calm herself back down. And so she, she did grab his face, but like, she just wanted him to understand that, you know, she loves him, but he's got to be respectful and whatever, but it was just weird. 
Yeah, it was weird. And and if you're a kid, you think that's weird. So when she asks or she tells them about Mary Louise, um, they ask her about why Mary Louise is doing that. And I think that her explanation was iffy. Uh, I don't know that she maybe should have had that conversation yeah. with the boys because the way that she came across is w- then what made them come <laughs> yeah. into the, should we say we don't like grandma? Yeah. And she's like, no. Um, yeah. But but she took it too far. I mean, the first part of it where she was uh, telling them, you know, well, make sure you tell them that you still you want to live here because, I mean, they do. They want to be with her. They yeah. said they don't want to live with grandma. And so it's being honest. It's just that after, um, you know, hearing all of these things, then they are extra concerned because they're like, well, do you, do you think that? Yeah. She's, she's fucking with these kids heads. It's like, it's not fair to them. I don't, I, that this show has really done a great job for me this season. And I kind of realize it with this episode that I don't totally disagree with Mary Louise. I mean, she's awful and I don't want, these kids to be taken away from Celeste, but Celeste is not in her right mind. Like I just, and and it's not, I don't think that means that you get your kids taken away. You know, there's a middle ground there. I don't, and Mary Louise isn't any better, but it just raises, she's hitting on something that's so true because yeah, that's what I, I, yeah, I agree. I just, you described it perfect. It's like, she's like leading them on, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when you see a kid and you're like, so was it, you know, like last season when Renato was like, so was it him that hit you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. You don't, you, you ask that you say to a kid, what happened? Let them mm-hmm. tell you what, you know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's it just really, that whole bedroom thing was creeped me out. <laughs> um, It just reminded me of when you're a kid and you're like. You're just trying to say what the adult wants you to, you just don't know what to say, Mm -hmm. you know, and you could see in their eyes, they were almost like, do we want to go with grit? We don't want to go with grandma. Like they didn't really know. Right. You know, they. yeah. They didn't. I don't think they want to go with grandma. <laughs> no, I don't think. They <laughs> I think do they either. like grandma, but they want they want to be with their mom, especially because yeah. they lost their dad. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I just think that she's so confusing them, but it's like they don't know how to answer. Yeah, you know, like it's so confusing to them, and I thought that was just really she, really Nicole Kidman. She's doing an amazing job. This, mm-hmm. uh, this season it's so subtle too and you know like she is playing this f- kind of like she's so frail and off kilter and on the defense it's just it's just amazing to me you know mm-hmm. like i mean i just uh my wife and i were saying that like her face is even just like you you just you, she just looks like she's shell-shocked yeah through yeah. most of this. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I was looking at um, right above 
where we were just talking about, I remembered something I had wanted to bring up about the conversation the ladies had when they were talking about the, what, what would happen if they, if it goes to court. Yeah. And, um, uh, Renata, um, points out that it's perjury. And then Madeline says they can't prove it. Jane says they probably can. And Bonnie says, what if they can? So with that, and then the parts about Bonnie having gone to the police and the fact that, you know, you had thought maybe Jane has maybe gone to the police and then maybe she is working with Corey and he is undercover and she knows about it. So that like puts different light on them saying they probably can. And what if they can in, in uh, response to Madeline telling them that it can't be proven. Just saying. Oh, shit. <laughs> because remember last episode, I was like, there's so many cell phones. Maybe somebody got it on tape. Mm-hmm. That that's why they were even showing the weird, like the detective watching them. Mm-hmm. Remember? And then they there was something about a cell phone video. Oh, the detect she said there yeah with madeline's yes. uh meltdown somebody ha- yeah. probably uploaded it to somebody uh, has yeah, it on their too. cell phone right yeah. yeah and then she said so you think that maybe jane has been approached i, I don't know <laughs> i'm just throwing things i know out i know this i know but let's go with I it thought about by because of what they said yeah. because oh. jane said they probably can and because bonnie said what if they can and you had pointed out before those things and i'm like so taking those theories on a few more steps down the road it just made me wonder a little bit wow because you're right jane totally did just that was a little weird too the way Mm -hmm. she just chimed in like that Mm -hmm. right like maybe they can Mm -hmm. you know and i mean that's not unlike her because her character is one to kind of just she says what she feels too and she often has like a different perspective on things. Right. But um wow, Jenny, you are uh you're you you are making me really think about this. All right. While we're on that, <laughs> we got another email. This is fun. Oh. We're having a great podcast here. Um from Gail. Okay. And this is a this is a crazy theory. Since we're on the crazy theory, I'll throw this in now. Thank you for your email, Gail. I have a theory that may be a little out there. That's why I'm reading it. I think Bonnie may have known Perry and his brother when they were young. Maybe young Perry was abusive towards young Bonnie, sort of like Amabella and Max, and tried to cause harm to Bonnie when they were in the water. The good brother tried to save Bonnie but drowned. I think the drowned brother was actually named Perry, and Mary Louise renamed the abusive son after her good son. She has mm-hmm. said that Perry was so good. I'm thinking the brothers had a Cain and Abel thing going on. Told you it was a little out there. Thanks, Gail. We've said similar. I mean, not not quite that, but we've said the different parts of that. So, I mean, it's not that far out of the realm of possible. The only thing, I thought that Bonnie was um, a good bit younger than the rest of the crowd. True, true. But other than that, I, the rest of it sound, seems as sound as anything else we've thrown out there for sure, and maybe even more so. <laughs> I think. Just saying. You know what? 
I wonder with this show, and I wanted to read this because again, Gail, the first the first part is uh, more believable, but it's harder to believe because of the age difference, as you said, mm-hmm. which seems to be a good 15, 20 years. In real life, it is like 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, isn't, mm-hmm. I think that's about right. Um, the renaming the sun and switching them, and then it having to do with also their, the, the, his brother drowning and it involving Bonnie and the what? I mean, it sounds crazy to me. But with all the stuff that we're, I've been talking about with the cops and now you're saying with, um, with Jane possibly knowing what's up or maybe there's a cell phone. I wonder if how other people are feeling out there, people listening to, is the show going to go in that direction? Because the first season really didn't have anything. I mean, the initial, not the initial, well, the final reveal that it was Perry that was the father of Ziggy and who mm-hmm. had raped Jane was a bit out there, but not totally crazy. You know what I mean? Like it was a coincidence that gives mm-hmm. the story a reason for us to be watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. But this is a little bit out there. so It is, but I mean, I don't think it's that far removed, you know? <laughs> you like this. I love it. All I right, mean, we'll I see. just, we'll see. like, the stuff is, we'll it is weird, man. Yeah, that's true. They're getting weird. You're right. With all the vision stuff and they might just well, go. Some of it, I don't know why they're even showing it. Like, I couldn't really, like, the whole thing with Ed and Nathan, I don't see the point in that. I don't see the value that it's adding to the show. I think that's about the gender dynamics. Right. I think that and I, but I mean, I'm not saying it's bad or anything because right. it's always short interactions. I'm just like, I, I don't get the why of it. Right. Um, you having explained that earlier, I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> but then like some of the other scenes too, I'm just like, why is this here? Like the stuff with Ed and Tori, like, is it just to give Ed something to do? Yeah. Me, what's I, that adding yeah. to the rest of the stuff about, you know, the, the, the Monterey True. five, like, is True. it just cause we need to see Ed, uh, betraying madeline is that the purpose of it i mean that could be the purpose of it and then it would make sense and it would be adding value but i don't know i don't know i guess it's not bad and i'm enjoying it i'm just (laughs) i know i see your point but that's always the dilemma in storytelling right what is what drives the plot what drives the characters their motivations and does filling in other characters help even if it's thematic um, uh, help with the overall plot and the overall narrative, right? And this, the, the original story of these women. In my mind, it does kind of help, and I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, but you're right, it is a little bit more funny. Like, my interest in seeing what happens with Ed is purely as if it's like a short film that's adjacent to the story. <laughs> Not as, I don't think it's going to be that, you know, Tori turns out to be the one who videotaped the whole thing. And the reason why Ed's going there is. Oh my God, is what so- if it is? Well, how about that? She's not really propositioning him for sex. They're taking him back to the uh, to the room and saying, if you and Madeline don't deposit $2 million in our bank account by tomorrow, this tape is going to the cops. You know, like, is it going to be something like that? I don't know. But dun, dun, dun. I just wonder how crazy this show is going to get. We only have two episodes left. I know. And they put a lot of weird stuff. And let's talk a little bit about 
um, more like the Bonnie stuff um, where she's touching her face, like you say, and we're seeing um, her grant where we get this whole flashback of her grabbing her and like abuse that she suffered. But it's also seems like Bonnie is like reliving this in a different way than say even um, some of the other women have when they've had these flashes, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, there seems to be like a spiritual thing, like a kind of, I don't know, mystical thing going on here. I think that, yeah, I think that her being near her mother is what started making her have those memories of, I mean, and it's not just like a memory. It's like, it, it, it seems because it's interspersed with, with um, this, the, eventually with the scenes you know that she sees a little bit of the um the windshield wipers in the rain and then under and then underwater so the and the windshield wipers one we see that again later when bonnie's driving to the police station we see that windshield wiper shot I didn't realize it was that, man, this show is amazing. See, I like that little foreshadowing by literally showing us images that will later come up and as, as if she saw that in some way. And I was way. trying to really see yeah, that, see, what she was seeing on that. So I kept backing it up and watching it again. And then when I, when she was driving, I literally saw it and I knew it was the same. It was from the same. Great yeah. catch, Jenny. Jenny's notes, people, dvrpodcast.com. They're there. You can read it. They'll be up there again. Um, yeah, that's great. The, yeah, they've been doing – I like the way that they've been using these visions like that because they they serve the same – they serve a very similar purpose emotionally to the audience, right, as a visual cue when you're like, whoa, you're feeling it, it brings mm-hmm. you into it. But they were different last season. They were about memories and they were about – these seem almost predicting like you're saying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though some of them were predicting last season, now it's tied into the fact that Bonnie feels this connection to her mom. And we find out from her conversation – we get a little bit more of the relationship with her dad, which I yeah. think was great because even last episode, we were questioning like, is this like her stepdad or did they not have a great relationship? Because he keeps on saying things like your mother, mm-hmm. you know, like I have a stepdad and stepmom and they would often say instead of mom or dad, your mom, your dad, you know? So I could see that kind of nomenclature and just the way they were so distant from each other. And it turns out that really Bonnie's mother was abusive and it seems physically as well. Like look at the way she kicked the table, Mm -hmm. uh, if not definitely emotionally. Um, Mm -hmm. And she felt like her father never protected her. Mm -hmm. And she, she tells him that and he later like that's at the end of their little conflict at the when he pulls her out of her yoga class but when he's talking to her later he tries to defend himself and he says he did protect her as best he could by keeping the peace but um you know that's when he tells her or he tells her he knows he seems weak and yeah. but he tells her what you had said uh, earlier when we were talking about it that um he called her mother's visions together and told her she says you're drowning and so she walks away and then that instigates her going back to the hospital to try and get some visions i think yeah and the interesting thing is that her dad 
So Bonnie is not only, she feels like her, or, or her mother was abusive. Her father did nothing to protect her, though he feels like he did his best to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. But both, but it seems as if the father too believes in these visions, right? Yeah. Like he trusts them and he obviously is like way dedicated. I mean, he's just like Nathan and Ed, right? Like he's just like kind of like a sycophant for his wife. And he's mm-hmm. not a very strong character. And um, I thought that was interesting the way he brought it up because it's like Bonnie, it's not only just the abuse and the thing with the dad, it's this other thing too, which is those visions. But by him bringing it up, I'm now seeing, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you that it seems to have made her lean into that. Yeah. And I think that that's, if you're, if you're right about those, the windshield wipers, then that is an impetus for her to like, go to back to the police station. Like it was like, she was kind of beckoned there, mm-hmm. you know? And that just says weird things about this show, doesn't it? That was <laughs> not an element last year. Are you sure? I feel like there was maybe it's the different um I don't director. F- no, but no, I mean the feeling was there and mm-hmm. the and the and and showing us things that happened in the future. Mm-hmm. But there was never any discussion of that on screen. There was oh. never anyone there's no one on the show right. who talked about it. It wasn't a person having Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, like f- it wasn't a metaphysical kind of thing. It was just we were getting clips of this and that and the, the police interviews and things like that. Yeah, and I know, you know, I don't I don't do you and I both the way we do the podcast is we talk about the show, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. read a bunch of vulture articles and kind of talk about the, that that's a way of doing a show but i may you know on westworld we do that a little bit more no reddit though um but uh <laughs> yeah i want to come into it fresh thinking yes. what i'm thinking exactly. and not what somebody else is thinking that's how so I feel, jenny except yeah. for you i read your notes so i only know what you're thinking <laughs> um and then sometimes i still don't know until we do the podcast but what i mean what i want to say is i wonder if anybody is out there writing about that and when when this when the show's over i usually when a season's over i do more reading on it and mm-hmm. i think it's really interesting the way that you take a a cinematic visual uh choice which is quick cuts hallucinate hallucination like hallucinatory like um quick shots of things that are kind of out of focus dreamy string them together and include shots of the future like how the credits showed the party right and other things that they did last season and then for the second season it seems as though they've literally made the choice to transform that into an actual aspect of the show to integrate it into the plot and the storyline. And Mm -hmm. I find that to be super cool. And I think the fact that Jean-Marc Vallée, the director of last season is still an editor listed as an editor um, for the show is pretty amazing that they've like, it just, for me, a person who spent a lot of time writing, directing, shooting, all types of shit, it's really wonderful when a huge production like this on HBO can have that kind of creative synergy 
to, to do that. And I wonder if there's articles out there where they talk about that choice. And I hope if anyone out there listening has one, send it over. Mostly also, I don't want to get spoiled, so I don't read anything. <laughs> You'll read it at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, but I'll read it at the end of the season. But isn't that kind of cool? It is. It's really cool. I mean, like it makes it like makes me think we chose a good show to podcast about, you know, like <laughs> this is not Alcatraz. Um throwback Heath and I actually podcasted six episodes of Alcatraz the TV show with Jorge Garcia I I don't think I ever watched yeah. it so. no you nobody else did either that's why we <laughs> stopped podcasting on it <laughs> the last two podcasts I, I were us like Alcatraz but the last uh, podcast we did I'll we were like it. we'll be back next week maybe <laughs> they were, and, and we were serious we were like let's just be honest this is not a good show um all right um so Bonnie, uh, this was really interesting. I think they rolled out this abuse from her mother incredibly well. Right. Um, and it, we kind of knew, but we still don't know if there's an event. Yeah. I think there's an event okay. and I think yeah. we're going to see it before yeah. it'll probably I be agree. in the last episode. We'll see it. I think this is a little bit of, again, a red herring where they make you think that, oh, this was all about the abuse. But there was still, I think, a defining event that her mother made reference to. What did you do again that mm -hmm. we're going to see? Um, all right. I think, uh, let's see what else. Oh, let's talk about the ice cream scene. Um, that, was a, that was a really quick scene. It was really quick, but this is one thing that I couldn't help but read because it was on everything I saw, which was that there's actually another take where um, Madeline Reese Witherspoon throws the ice cream cone at Meryl Streep and <laughs> hits her with fantastic. it. fantastic. Okay. And they cut it. Now they knew this because people were taking shots when they were filming in Monterey. Uh -huh. And they were like, oh, they cut that from it. Well, you know what? They probably did like at least uh, with a scene like that, you got to give them at least three or four takes right? where you let, where you just shoot the, because sh uh, the way it was shot, all the, all the um, paparazzi shots are straight up, straight ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the shot actually of her walking away is a kind of like in profile. And then the camera turns Mm -hmm. And then you see Celeste walking towards, I mean, you see Madeline walking towards the camera and she just says something really quickly, like she's crazy asshole or something. Yeah. So right. I don't remember exactly what she said, but something along those lines. So yes. I bet they shot like that, like four or five times. And on one of those takes, Reese Witherspoon just turned around and threw the ice cream cone at her <laughs> for fun. Right. Like that you're, you're that'd be awesome. You know, and then people, and then they write a million articles on it, but it gets people to watch the show. Like, why did they cut this? Well, it was probably just an alternate take, you know, of a very quick scene, which didn't even really need to be in the show. No, it, it didn't, but it was funny. Yeah. I wish I had seen it. I want to see the paparazzi <laughs> pictures now. Yeah, but it didn't. I mean, like even this little, I, I just, the only reason we're mentioning the ice cream one is, and also like Abigail too, does she really need to be on the show anymore? I mean, I'm just glad she's not doing another selling her virginity storyline this right, year. Right, right. That but was weird. Her college thing, that really has not, I, I've been trying to figure out where that fits into the show. I guess it's Madeline finding her way to, it provides mm -hmm. an out. Hey, if we go back to 
our email, maybe Madeline moves away. Um, and you know, if she leaves Ed and goes back to school. Yeah. Or, or maybe just moves to the town that her daughter goes to college in and takes her daughter or like, and maybe just leaves the other kid with Ed or that's kind of cold or may- <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting cold towards the end of the pot. <laughs> maybe just leaves the other cute, darling, beautiful child with Ed, you know, I mean, Ed hugged her. He'll take her. It's his kid. <laughs> She's got red hair anyway, right? He's a good provider. Yeah, he's a good provider. Um, uh, okay, so we kind of already talked about the end. I did want to say that the kayaking scene mm-hmm. was really cute. It was. And that is a lot for a 30-second shot. Mm-hmm. Just again, putting my director's cap on, they definitely went out as a crew and had fun and shot that. And there were other people on the set, I bet. And it was like a fun little thing that they did or something because, um, that's a lot to do, uh, to, um, to just shoot that little thing. But I really appreciated it. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah. And it, um, yeah. and I'll take your word on the effort required. For that. <laughs> but again, it shows like the family stuff, right? They're still right. trying to come together. Um, Jane mm-hmm. and Corey almost having sex. What did you think about that scene? Um, Jane, she clearly uh, wants to try. Yeah. Uh, she was encouraging him to touch her. And that there was so one point. Uh, sorry, I just moved my hand in front of the mic because I touched my face. Um, happens. At one point, uh, when she's encouraging him and then she starts breaking down and he hugs her, you know, and is like, has an uncertain look on his face. When after, you know, at the end, when we see him being one of the people that was walking down the stairs at the police station, um, I thought that that look might have meant something different maybe it was like i can't believe i'm doing this oh okay so it redefined those scenes for you and this scene for you that's interesting i don't know i'm just still not caught on this kid being in on this i think this is i don't know i think this show is throwing up a lot of red herrings i really do i really do and i mean obviously the mary louise going after the kids is real Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't even know how much she would, the whole thing of getting them to, to, um, testify and going after, I mean, I believe it could be true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Going into this next episode, I mean, well, I should say I found this scene very touching and I think that they, they are doing a really great job of taking the time to show how someone can recover and try to move past that trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think that that bears saying, and I think that that's really great that they take the time to do a scene like that. Um, and I like the way that he always does nothing. Right. He waits for her yeah. to, uh, which is the right to thing t- to do boys. Yes. Yes. Men of the world. <laughs> <laughs> there just listen right follow her lead yep just let it let let you know don't you don't need to 
start doing jumping up and doing stuff. He was he was great, and um, I thought that was really touching. But I, I don't know. Going into this episode, I'm feeling like some crazy shit could be. I mean, every crazy shit happens every episode. Um, but with the way this ended and all these little weird hints that they're laying down, you've got me thinking about Bonnie on like some kind of vision quest here. Um. <laughs> I don't know. This could get a little crazy or it could all be a red herring. I don't, I really, I don't know which way to go. I, I don't either, but I am looking forward to these Me next too. two episodes because they have a lot to tie up yep. and we will surely know if, if they were red herrings by the end, right? Yeah, we sure will. <laughs> They're not going to leave us hanging, are they? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that we'll come to some sort of conclusion here though i do think there's definitely going to be a season three i imagine so i don't think they've announced it yet but i they're not walking away from this this season is doing great people are loving it good it's great tv i'm loving it it is too i think that's all we got for today jenny i think we covered it that was great that was a great episode we did we didn't go too long went a little longer not as long as last week (laughs) yeah sorry about that we went long that was a long time. I had to recover for like a couple of days after that. <laughs> my wife was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh my God, I was talking to Jenny about big little lies. She was like, I know. I tried to download it. My my iPod froze. The file was too Sorry, big. Perry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Um, once again, thanks for the iTunes reviews or Apple Podcasts or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, we love them. I know Jenny gave us a review on Stitcher, right? Yes. It's a review on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on every, I think we're on a cast. I don't know if they ever figured that out. They told me they'd manually enter it, but uh, I think we're up on a cast. Thank you for the emails today. And thank you so much. We love hearing from you. Yeah, please. DVR podcast at gmail.com. What do you all think about this crazy? This is, I'm in, I'm most interested to see because I'm getting like kind of a leftovers vibe here. Uh, you know, Aaron and I covered the last season of leftovers. If you want to listen to that, it's called leftovers DVR. If you are a leftovers fan, did you watch the leftovers? I did not. I okay. believe my husband did, but I didn't. That was a show that always flirted with the mystical. And I, I don't want to get too into it more than flirted, but th- I, I, I'm interested in the way they kind of play this out. I'm also kind of thinking of like a John from Cincinnati, if people remember that David Milch show. There's just a weird undercurrent this season, and I and I, I don't know if it's ever going to be fleshed out. And if it's not, I'm okay with that. Is what I'm saying. I'm mm-hmm. kind of okay with every way they go. But yeah, uh, it's been great so far this yeah. season. A lot of fun. Each and I like the shorter episodes. I really do. It's so weird because I'm not ever expecting it to end, even when they do the closing montage, which they have done in like every episode, yep. haven't they? Like where it's just the, the clips have. of different. And that, that one was chock full, man. <laughs> they do. They're doing the very consistent here. The last three episodes, one of our women, actually the last four, one of our women has visions or dreams and wakes up, right? Mm-hmm. And it ends in a montage music and some sort of, uh, some sort of emotional kind of reveal there. So that's interesting. All right. Well, we'll be here next week for episode six of Big Little Lies season two. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. Email us, DVRpodcast at gmail.com. 
Hey, if you are enjoying this season and you want to support us, become a patron, go to patreon.com slash DVR. You'll get lots of exclusive podcasts over there and also search Veronica Mars because Ken and I are having a great time covering Veronica Mars, which is a fantastic show that I very much love. Jenny, do you want to say goodbye or anything else? No, I'll see you guys next week. All right. And there's a truck going by again. Peace out. (laughs) Bye, truck. (laughs) All right. That's it. That was fun. That was great.